Welcome to the 62nd episode of the Young Terps podcast, powered by Viner Forgates. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's episode, we have a victorious Young Terps podcast. Maryland takes down the Rutgers Scarlet Knights 34-7 on Saturday. We also have all your non-rev news. And before we get into all of that, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals. They are your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you're looking for. Wayne from Turf Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Allied is located in Beltsville, Maryland, right next to College Park, and serving the entire DMV. Contact Allied today for a free, no-obligation quote at 301 386-0067, or visit them on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown. Well, to get started here, men's soccer loses to number two, Indiana, two to one. They fall to four, five, and three. And their next game is kind of a weird one, Tuesday at home against Denver. Yeah, well, you never know with this team, and that was number four, Indiana, Jordan, I mean, they could come out like they did on Friday, which wasn't bad. I mean, only 2-1. to one. Or they could come out like they did against Michigan State two weeks ago, which was just awful. So who knows with this team anymore. Just not a great year from Sasha and the guys. Yep. Well, maybe next year they'll get back on track with some scoring. Field hockey continues their streak of dominance, winning 4 nothing against Indiana and then winning again today. Against number eight Iowa, they are now fifteen and one. Man, this team is good. I'm telling you, this team beats ranked team after ranked team after ranked team, and you know, other than the one slip up against the number seven team in the country, the only game they lost. I mean, this is just—they're just outstanding. Yeah, they really are something to see. They strap up again against Northwestern on Friday. That is at home. Yeah, women North- suck. Northwestern's no bad team. They're number 14. Yeah, they have another quality opponent, and hopefully they can keep the good times rolling. Women's soccer suffered another loss, this time to Penn State on Friday, 1-0. They kind of sort of turned it around with a tie against Ohio State, 1-1. They now sat at a rather disappointing 4-8-5. Yeah, the season had a good promising start, but just it hasn't been... Great since they'll take on Michigan. They'll go to Michigan this Thursday. Volleyball took back-to-back losses this past week to Michigan State and Michigan. They lost to Michigan State one set to three, and then to Michigan two sets to three, and they fall to 12-8. and Kind of weird that they played both Michigan teams at home. Uh, you would think it would be a road trip, but they can still make a tournament-fighting chance if they beat Purdue, who's ranked number seven on Friday. Yeah, that game, of course, can be seen on BTN, and I like these games on BTN. They give you, I know I've said this in the past, they give you that chance just to see some of these teams that you don't really get to go out and see because they play at odd times. Like that game, the field hockey game on Friday at home, it's not on TV, but it's at 4 o'clock on a Friday. You got to play when you can play, I guess. I, I don't know what to say about that. I think maybe that's so the teams don't have to stay overnight and play for hotels. That's my guess, but... I really don't know. I think it's weird, too. 
So we're going to move on to the main event, and that was, of course, yesterday's win over Rutgers. Maryland improves to 4-2 and two on the season, 2-1 and one in the conference, and the Scarlet Knights fall to 1-6 and six overall and 0-4 oh and in the Big Ten. And Jordan, we knew Rutgers was bad, but this bad? I thought they'd be worse. I'm, I, I know Maryland utterly dominated this game, especially on defense, but I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't win by more considering how Rutgers has played. Yeah, I I would say that, but you know I watched the game from College Park, and what I did see when Maryland went up is not really what I expected to. They didn't stick with the starters very long. They went straight to the backups, straight to just rotating a ton of guys in. And I know you want to get guys time, but you could have won this game, or you should have won this game, sixty-three to seven, not thirty-four. Well, let's not be so negative here. We saw a lot of good things. Um, I'd say the big the big picture highlight of the game was Ty Johnson became only the fourth Terrapin in history to break the 4,000-yard all-purpose marker. Yeah, and he had a great quote in the post-game press conference about this. He said, you know, I don't really think about this, but my mom does. She really cares about it, and she'll be all like, ah, when she sees me, and excited. But for him right now, it's about winning games and doing what he needs to do to help out the team. I He knew about it, but he didn't really care. So when they put it up on the scoreboard, guys started coming over to him, and then he looked up on the, on the scoreboard, and he was like, ooh, cool, I, I guess I got that. So stay concentrated, win now, and then after he graduates, he can worry about what records he uh, obtained in his time. Well, I'm trying to think who else is in front of him. I know Troy Smith probably is. Maybe Stefan Diggs is too. So the other but, guys are Lamont Jordan, Torrey Smith, and Stefan Diggs. Oh, I got two for three. Well, now I've guessed Lamont Jordan, but that kind of makes sense. So now that that's out of the way, I guess position by position, Kasim Hill. Well, I was, I'll say this because I made a lot of notes about this. Kasim Hill played a lot more open than he usually does in this game. Yeah, I would agree. And I looked back while I was waiting for you to actually hop on. I turned on a 21-minute version of the Maryland-Texas game. Because the way I remember it was Kasim was playing a lot loose, had a lot better looking pass, and found open guys in both the middle of the field and on the boundaries. And those things I was right about, even though the ball hasn't looked good from Kasim all year, but in the Texas game, he threw spirals. He hit guys in the middle of the field. It was on time. And when we looked at the Rutgers game, there's just there's just something wrong. There's no other way to say it. Well, in the first few plays of the game, we saw Kasim scrambling with only less than a minute into the game. We saw Jason Jones jet sweep. We saw another quarterback for Kasim, and we saw Piggy all in the first drive of the game for the Terps. So Matt Cannon was definitely more open with his play con this time. Yeah, and he took advantage of the game. It allows him. It's probably going to be. I'm almost going to say the last game where he can really open it up, try and get something working. And from Kasim, we saw the good and the bad. All three of his touchdown passes, absolutely beautiful throws on time, especially the one to Tayon Fleet Davis over the middle. He got outside the pocket, got knocked off his spot, and he floated a ball perfectly into a tiny window to Tayon Fleet Davis, who's not the best wide receiver. And then you look at the film and you see a play – where Jay Sean Jones was open and he could have scored and 
Kasim misses him. So we saw the good and the bad, but at least the good kind of was more on display than the bad. Yeah, that Teon Fleet Davis touchdown you're talking about was a great catch, too, on Teon Fleet Davis's part. Get a great name for him. Maybe he's TFD from now on. They call him Fleet, um, so we could change to that. I'm going with TFD. We could do Fleet, too. We'll figure it out. Um, Piggy definitely got more opportunities in this game, and he was okay in them. I guess that's all I can really say about that. Yeah, to the ones that want Piggy to play, I got to say, you know, I've been on both the field, in the press box, and in our seats while he's been in the game. But just as far as a passer, he's taking a step back. That's that's pretty much your bottom line. I know he threw the ball three times, but there's a reason why they haven't gone to him. Because they know that there's a problem. Even for what Matt Canada says, where he says, you know, Kasim can make plays. Yeah, we see it in every game. He can make plays, other than the Michigan game. But if Piggy had it, I'm pretty sure Piggy would be in at this point. Well, I won't know if it's... I haven't really seen that playmaking ability from Kasim. I've seen him be able to run. He's a game manager right now. That's right how I kind of see it. But does he need to do more? And we'll move on from this in a minute, but they could have gone to the pass in this game. It was working well enough, but they didn't. They, they're just such a better running team, both as blockers and as overall success rate, that... I mean, look at it. Ty Johnson at a 14.7-yard average. Anthony McFarlane, 8.2 yards. I mean, what do you want them? Do you want them to go away from that? Because every time we start passing the ball, the people that we sit with at the games, you know, they want them to go back to the run. Well, that's a question of how much you want this team to accomplish. Because if you need, if you want to be, if you want to win eight games, nine games, and, you know, get somewhere... Yeah, you have to run throw the ball. You have to open up the playbook. You can't be effectively a triple option team, which is kind of what we are right now, if we're being honest. We don't have that throwing anything right now in the playbook, for real. But if you want to win six games, you can do this. We can ride Ty Johnson and Anthony McFarland. But if you want to open it up and really be a good team, then, yeah, you have to throw the ball. That's all I'm going to say on that. All right, so we'll move on to the running backs now. Ty Johnson, nine carries, 132 yards, a touchdown on a 65-yard carry. McFarland, 9 for 74, 31-yard long. Piggy, 5 for 38, and then Fleet Davis, 5 for 20. Ty Johnson had his best game of the season, in my opinion. He had a 65-yard run, which was almost all him. And then he had, in my opinion, the play of the game, where it was a run to the right side of the line and a broken play, and he reversed field for 39 yards. He, he played fantastic. Yeah, Ty Johnson just, he's that workhorse. He's that guy. McFarland might have all the potential in the world, but right now Ty Johnson's still your workhorse back. He's a senior. He just, he just makes plays. He's, and I had a chance to watch a game with some family that really doesn't get out to many Maryland games, and they did point out, he doesn't have that NFL cutting or that really that NFL speed around the edges. He's great in a straight line in terms of the NFL, but he just makes plays. NFL, you know, running or not, he makes plays at the college level, and that's what we need him to do right now. Yeah, and he – it's weird that it kind of happened for Ty Johnson, but he's turned – he's looking like one of the Maryland greats at this point. 
and that's kind of a weird thing to say because he's never stood out really in that way. He's never been an attention grabber the same way that Stefan Diggs or Troy Smith were, but he's worked his way to being in that status. Yeah. He's not even, you know, when people watch Anthony McFarlane play, and I'll give you an example, it's kind of a funny moment from the game, up in the press box they announce every play. So, like, Anthony McFarlane carries the ball for eight yards, just like the PA. And the guy didn't take his hand, the guy who calls it didn't take his hand off the button, and it was a play where McFarlane ran through, like, four or five guys and got ten yards, and he goes, wow, and everybody just starts laughing. But that's the kind of thing. Ty Johnson's not like that. Ty Johnson just makes plays. But Anthony McFarlane, no, he wows you. He makes guys miss. And every player has their own way of doing things. And you're right. Ty Johnson's not a Stephon Diggs. He doesn't juke out 10 people and then run for a touchdown. He's not like a McFarlane. But he, you can see the work ethic. You can see all the time that he's put in when he runs the football. And I personally like that more than Anthony McFarland or a guy like Anthony McFarland that just, you know, you can see that ability just to run by guys. Ty's just, Ty's just that hardworking, you know, Cumberland, Maryland guy. Yeah, and he has earned his way into the record books. The, really, the only play that I could think of that's made me say wow was when he reversed field and ran all of the way to the other side. He probably ran 75 yards to get 39, but it was... It's just how he does it. It's He's going to work to get everything out of every play. And I'm going to miss him when he's gone. But we still have some more time, so let's move on to the receiving core, which had another receiving core day. Yeah, really quick, Maryland overall in the rushing category was 40 carries for 290 yards, 7.3 yards per carry with one touchdown. Now, as you said, you know, from the receiving core, nine catches overall, for 85 yards, but three touchdowns. And, you know, we haven't seen that yet this season. The leading receiver on his one catch on the day, Tavon Jacobs, was a 23-yard touchdown. I mean, we just don't throw the ball a lot. I don't know what else to say at this point. Yeah, that's kind of all you can say. Although I need to say this because I learned how to pronounce his name, and I'm going to use it. Chigazim Okonkwo, the tight end, had a catch, and... I just need to say a tight end had a catch, and also I learned how to say his name. Yeah, I mean, Chigakonkwo. He did get a catch. It was four yards. I mean, the plays, that I, the plays that stick out to me with this receiving core are the drops or the plays where I don't want to say guys give up, but they just don't seem to be running off the backside of the play. If you watch... You know, NFL games with a quarterback like a Cam Newton or an Alex Smith where they get outside the pocket, and that's what seems to be Kasim's most comfortable place at this point, is the receivers are still running hard. That's when you get those plays where you're like, wow, you know, a guy broke off a route, and that's the time they spend after practice. Well, I see Maryland. Saw him on Tuesday after practice while we were doing the interviews. The receivers are working. They're trying to get better. They know that they're not holding up their end. So when... You know, the play breaks open, that's your chance if you want to get some rhythm. And going off the receivers, kind of back on to Kasim here, I like the way Coach Kanda called the game as in the way where he was like, the first few throws are going to be simple. And he realized that Kasim needed that. He needed to get that 
his feet wet. He needed to get some confidence back. And sure, he didn't have the game that Scott Green, UB, really wanted him to have. But he did take that step forward where at least he was throwing touchdowns. At least they were found a little bit of success. Yeah, that's kind of all there is to say about it. At least we got somewhere. Um, I need to also say I'm really disappointed in Jay Sean Jones. And I don't think it's really his fault because they haven't come to the ball enough, but I was really hoping he'd break into the number one receiver slot and just another week we had one catch. I mean, it was a touchdown catch, and he got he got a reverse call to him, as I said earlier, but he just never has – he hasn't taken on that playmaker role yet. Yeah, get get him the ball. I know we say it almost every week at this point. A reverse, that's a first down. A catch, that's a touchdown. Another catch where Kasim missed him, and it should have been a touchdown. But – I mean, why, why? Just just why? Why are we not getting him the ball? He makes plays when he has the ball. I don't know what to tell you about that one. I really don't. There's just, he's, it just seems like they don't design plays for people other than Ty Johnson and McFarlane. And then, of course, we have to say the one bad thing that happened, Kasim Hill lost a fumble off an edge rusher, and when he opened up to throw the ball, the edge rusher from the blind side blindsided him, and the ball just came out. I don't really know who's to blame there, but it's probably not Kasim Hill. Yeah, probably whoever missed their block there. I actually didn't see who it was, but that's my guess. Although we did get the ball right back, I believe, with an interception. Yeah, big Byron Coward in there with an interception on the next play, and that kind of leads us into this defense, which, well, I don't know if they could have played better. They had a marquee day for sure. Five interceptions generated, including two by Darnell Savage, one by Tino Ellis, one by Trey Watson, <laughs> and the aforementioned one by Byron Coward. And Coward definitely had his best game as a Terp so far. Yeah, Byron Coward with a big game. Of course, we already mentioned the interception. He also had three tackles a sack, and two TFLs. So every tackle he had was in the backfield. Let me just read you some of these Rutgers stats before we get into the way or we saw the defense and who stood out. Rutgers quarterback was 2 for 16 for 8 yards and threw 4 interceptions. The backup was 0 for 1. He also had the 5th interception was thrown by Giovanni Rochino, who's been the starter for Rutgers for the past few years. Overall, as a rushing team, Rutgers took 45 carries for 171, that's an average of 3.8 yards a carry. And, I mean, they really just they weren't on offense for a long time. Well, this is where the stats get this misleading here, because according to the team stats, Rutgers had the ball for 28 minutes, Maryland had it for 32 minutes. Rutgers got 14 first down, Maryland got 16. But when you look at the turnovers, Rutgers had 5, Maryland had 1. And Rutgers had 179 yards, and Maryland had 375 yards. I just threw a lot of numbers out there, but we only got two more first downs than they did because we're still a chunk plate team. Well, when the other team's surrendering chunk plays, then, yeah, we are a chunk plate team. On the defense, Ely led the Terps in tackles with six, and Trey Watson, who only played the second half in this game, of course comes in second in tackles with five. And an interception, don't forget that. I mean, Trey Watson had a good half for what he... Yeah, played. Well, he didn't have to play defense, a lot. Yeah, and the whole defense was really good, though. 
because they didn't allow points. They only allowed points when the backups came in the second half, which kind of sucked because I really wanted to blank there. I don't know about you. Yeah, I did too, but, you know, you got to get your guys out there. We're still a young team. Still got a lot of young guys that haven't really touched the field. Got to get them out there. As far as Darnell Savage goes, this guy could quite possibly be the best safety in college football. That's a big statement you're saying there, Mason. I'm not only saying it. He continues to climb the draft boards. He, at this point, I believe I saw is the either the third or the second projected safety to go off the board in this year's draft. Two more interceptions. I mean, it's just every week he's making a play, whether it be a pick six like he did against Temple, an interception in the game against Michigan, two more today. I mean, he's making plays. He's obviously the best player on the Maryland defense. I don't know. I wouldn't say that. I'd say Trey Watson's up there. Yeah, Trey Watson is. And Trey Watson, who is not the greatest pass-covering linebacker, now I believe he has three picks this year. I mean, those two guys, Watson and Savage, are they're definitely going to have their shot at the next level. Yeah, given everything goes smoothly, they stay healthy, stay out of trouble. Yeah, they definitely will. Look, as a whole, I think this was a very complete effort by the team. I think, yeah, there was always some efforts, some, sorry, some areas of improvement, but for a game against effectively a CUSA-level team, and I will stand by that, it was pretty good, and it was a good warm-up for our big game next week. Yes, it was. One more thing. Petrino and Wade Lees both, I mean, they're both really good. Petrino, they don't look pretty, but they go in, Jordan. I guess that's the case. Yeah, two for two along 39 yards. I'd like to see his range tested a little bit. Although, you know, I prefer that goes in when his range is tested. But I'd like to see how far I can really kick it. Wade Lee's put together another, I guess, pretty good performance. He didn't have any in the 20s. But he, you know, still got a pretty good kick up. Some pretty good kicks in. Yeah, and that's, that's pretty much a wrap. I mean, not a lot to talk about. Maryland really dominated Rutgers. The game was in question maybe for, I don't know, seven minutes. Once Rutgers botched that um, punt return, or was a kick, kick return, sorry. It was a kickoff that Rutgers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a weird, weird play. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Chance Campbell picked up that fumble, and then the game was pretty much over. Yeah, and I believe that's actually a wrap on this game. I mean, as I already said, not, not much to talk about. Absolutely dominating performance by Maryland's defense. Kasim Hill adds three touchdowns, and the Maryland rushing attack keeps rolling. Looking forward, Iowa jumps to number 19 in the AP poll, and Maryland is back in the receiving votes category. I'm not sure if we're justified receiving votes because they beat Rutgers, who lost to you know, Buffalo by 30. But I'll take them. And yeah, if we beat Rutgers, given how the season as going, especially in the back half of the top 25, we could probably be in the poll. Yeah, it's a, I mean, at this point, it's 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 upset season. Like, we saw a bunch of top 10s go down this past week, seeing a lot of shaking up uh, around the bottom of the poll. Maryland looking forward here. You take on Iowa. You come back home to Illinois, who did not have an impressive showing. They lost 46-7 to to Purdue at home. Then you get a chance against... Michigan State, who is ranked 
Indiana, who's looked good at times and bad at times. And then, of course, you have your two, your last two games, Jordan, against Ohio State and Penn State. Penn State looks very beatable right now. I'll say that. Really? I mean, they lost again. Yeah, things aren't too hot at the end of the game with uh, Coach Frank over there at Penn State. On the Wirecock football side, though, I'm just saying I, mean, I want my I want you guys to remember this one. NC State is five and zero, and I'm thinking they may have a shot at making something some noise here. I'm not saying they're gonna be in the playoff, but they're gonna get somewhere. I'm just saying that. All right, and there's a look. I mean, we'll be back on Wednesday. And I think at this point, we're going to have to do a Road to Six podcast on Wednesday. Well, we got to do basketball preview sometime in the next couple weeks, too. Yeah, Media Day for Basketball on Tuesday. Our podcast, of course, on Wednesday. Jordan, anything else? Um, Not really. I don't have high hopes for Iowa next week, but we'll get to that next time. The Road to Six is pretty clear to me, though. I'll say that. Okay, so it looks like Jordan's saying that Maryland's going to make a bowl. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday, of course, with the Iowa game coming up and basketball media day. That's going to do it for this episode of the Young Turfs podcast. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Allied Party Rentals. Jordan, they have it all. They have everything from flooring to dishware. I mean, lighting, tables. Allied has everything. And, of course, Viner Four Gates. Jordan, tell us about Viner Four Gates. Viner Four Gates is your one-stop shop for all your IT needs. You need new computers. You need a new website. They can do it. They built TurfTalk.com. They can build a site just like that for you. Visit Viner Four Gates at number one, Viner.com. And that's going to do it for this podcast. You can catch us back here on Wednesday. And, as always, thanks for listening.